you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this show, we're going to talk about supposed prophet of God Kat Kerr and the weird obsession she has with pink hair. Even says you should paint your head pink if you're bald. Mike Lindell claims he's got cameras watching all voting machines, so he'll be able to tell live when Democrats flip votes. We're going to have to talk about what Eric Trump and Michael Flynn are up to right now. Apparently, they're running this QAnon tour called the Reawaken America Tour together. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hello, Owen. My name is Drew, and I live in Ohio. Um, I haven't heard you mention this before. I'm sure maybe you have, um, and I just missed it. But um, I'm curious. Do you think or do you have the sense that Melania Trump buys into all of her husband's nonsense? She's very quiet, and that's probably very smart on her part for a variety of reasons, I think. But I'm just curious, do you, is your sense that uh, she believes all this, or is she just along for the ride? I appreciate what you do. Thank you very much, and have a good one. Bye. Well, here's the interesting thing about Melania Trump and right-wing extremism and stuff like that. Something I find interesting is that when somebody is attacked for something, no matter who it is or what it was or whatever else, when it, it when it's a political position they're attacked for, they usually move further to the other side. So if somebody says something that is interpreted to be kind of right wing, but they're on the left and then the left attacks them for it, they're naturally going to move further to the right. And I think Melania Trump was largely attacked by the left, which is reasonable. You know, she was enabling and contributing to extremism from Donald Trump and from his family. It was reasonable to criticize her for things that she said or did. For example, she went I think she went down to the border at one point and to see what was happening there or immigration or something like that and she wore a jacket that said, "I really don't care, do you?" There are a billion different examples of things that Melania Trump has done that enabled or expressed complete disinterest in the plight of the people that she could have helped to some degree. And I think over time, it came to the point where she's criticized enough by the left that she moved further and further and further right. I don't know that she cared at first. Maybe, maybe she did, maybe she didn't, I don't know. But I think she certainly cares now. I think she blames the left for the things that happened to her, even though it was really Donald Trump's fault. She was complaining about being searched by the FBI for the documents at Mar-a-Lago or having her stuff searched. She wasn't even searched, I don't think. That was Trump's fault, not the FBI's fault, not the left's fault. It was Trump's. Nobody else is to blame but him. But she blamed the FBI for going through her things, you know? There are a lot of things that Melania could complain about or, or a lot of things that she's said or done that indicate to me that she blames everybody except for the, the real perpetrator here, which is Trump. I don't let her off the hook. Some people do. I don't. Plus, she straight up plagiarized part of Michelle Obama's speech, didn't she? Didn't she directly quote from Michelle Obama's speech? I think she did. Yeah, this is from BBC. I trust BBC as a source. 
Her speech, which brought the convention to its feet, had themes of inclusivity, honesty, and hard work. Commentators no oh my god, ads, please no. Commentators noticed similarities with Mrs. Obama's 2008 convention speech, but Mr. Trump's team said Mrs. Trump used common words and blamed Hillary Clinton for the row. God. There's no, wait, there's no cribbing of Michelle Obama's speech? Said Paul Manafort, Mr. Trump's campaign manager. Oh my God. This is written in 2016. Paul Manafort was arrested for working with Russia. Didn't he get like 35 years in jail or something from the Mueller probe? That's crazy. I mean this, once again, an example of when a woman threatens Hillary Clinton, how she seeks out to demean her and take her down. What does Hillary Clinton have to do with anything? She plagiarized parts of Michelle Obama's speech. Hillary Clinton is not mixed all up in there at all. But anyways, yeah, absolutely crazy, dude. Melania, Melania holds plenty of blame. She holds plenty of blame. I don't let her off the hook at all. Hey, it's JC from Nebraska. So I have parents that are MAGA Republicans, but at the same time, they're absolutely fine with me being in a polyamorous polyamorous relationship and like they're fine with my floating gender identity and I wanted to know like what are your thoughts on that and why might they have that dissonance I guess is the word from my understanding the question is how do I feel about polyamory I have no problem with it I mean to each their own if you that's something you want to do then go absolutely nuts doesn't really work for me not really my thing but if it works for you then great that's what makes this place beautiful is that you have the freedom to do that right regarding your parents dissonance cognitive dissonance between being ultra religious and also accepting who you are that's lucky uh I think that's what you were getting at. Uh, it was kind of hard to understand because the phone system is kind of weak and all that. Well, anyway, that is very lucky. Not every parent is willing to move away from their ideological beliefs to support their kids. The good parents will. Some parents won't. The good parents will. So I'm glad to hear that it, it seems like your parents favored you over their ideological beliefs. Uh, some people do that. So thank you for the uh, voicemail. Hey, Owen, it's Justin from Louisiana. Um, I've just catching up on your videos for this week, and I recently watched the video on Biden's cognitive abilities. And I was curious if you had an opinion on the video clips that were circulating around. I know my conservative parents uh, brought it up to me about Biden asking for uh, Representative Jackie Walorski, I think is how you say her last name, at uh, some press conference that he was having when she had died two months earlier. I was just curious if what your take is on that, if you think that was just an honest mistake, because, you know, we're all human and people make mistakes, or is that showing a slip of his ability being almost 80 years old to run our country? Uh, let me know what you think. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I am. We have a, an article to take a look at regarding that, but let, let me just give a, a general rundown of what happened, okay? There are 538 people in the House, uh, the House of Representatives and in the Senate total combined. The 538 U.S. federal representatives. 538 people. Are you capable of naming 538 people? I can't. So keep that in mind, first of all. Second, 
Jackie Walorski. She was a co-sponsor on a bill, I believe. This is from Reuters, this article that we're going to be taking a look at in a second. She's a co-sponsor on a bill that Biden was talking about in that moment. And it did happen a couple of months ago. She died in a car accident. When he went up there and said, where's Jackie? He was looking for the person who co-sponsored the bill or worked with people to make this happen or whatever else. This seems like something that could honestly happen as an honest mistake. Dementia is not a necessary component of this story to work, okay? People are constantly talking about Biden and Trump having dementia, you know, or being right on the edge of having Alzheimer's disease or something like that. I don't accept that. I simply don't accept it. They've been saying this stuff about Biden for years. Dementia is an illness that advances so quickly. I mean, what? Basically moving through stages every two to three years, pretty much, right? So at this point, Biden would be in the middle stage of dementia or Alzheimer's disease, and he would be almost incapable of functioning in society. He would absolutely need to have people walking around everywhere with him and handling him. He wouldn't be able to give any speeches, answer any questions, or anything like that. He wouldn't be able to do things like this right here. It's just the right wants to perpetually make it out as though Biden is in early stage dementia. And honestly, they want to do the same about Trump. By 2024, we will know without a shadow of a doubt whether or not Trump or Biden have dementia. If neither of them are completely out of the public eye and or completely incapable of functioning, we'll know that it was all complete BS from the very beginning. But let's read this article that explains a little bit more clearly what happened with Biden mentioning the congresswoman who died. Where's Jackie? Biden seeks lawmaker Walorski who died in August. So this was written September 28th. It was written by Reuters, which is an extremely trustworthy source. U.S. President Joe Biden publicly sought out Jackie Walorski, an Indiana congresswoman who died in a car accident in August during a conference on hunger on Wednesday, seeming to forget that she'd passed away. Biden thanked other conference organizers, then asked, Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? Walorski, a Republican, was one of four congressional co-sponsors of the bill to fund the conference. She was killed with two staffers in early August. Biden moved past the issue without any correction. After Walorski's death, the White House issued a statement from Biden that said he and his wife, Jill, were shocked and saddened by her sudden accident. Truly an awful and disgraceful blunder, Representative Vicki Hartzler, a Missouri Republican, tweeted in reference to the mistake. Biden was acknowledging her incredible work, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said when asked about the incident later adding that Biden had already planned to welcome the congressman's family to the White House for a bill signing on Friday. She was on top of mind, Jean-Pierre said. So the bottom line is Biden, I guess, didn't realize or forgot that she had died in August and asked where she was. And they're trying to make it out like Biden has dementia. Like I said, they've been trying to make it out as though Biden has dementia for at least four years now. He should be entering late-stage dementia where he is incapable of even standing up out of a bed on his own, if that was actually true. It's nonsense. It was nonsense then. It's nonsense now, in my opinion. The guy is just showing his age. That's about it. I'd love to get some younger people in there. That would be fantastic. But we've got what we've got, and I don't think he has dementia. Thank you for the uh, voicemail. I appreciate that. 
Hi, Owen. This is Alex, a.k.a. Progress Only. Just calling to remind everyone to uh, vote if you haven't already. Um, elections on Tuesday. And please, especially in Michigan, please vote yes on three to save um, abortion and other health care related items uh, from being touched by politicians. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, 100%. Everybody, get out there and vote. It's extremely important. Please get out there and vote. Voting is in two, or the last opportunity that you have to vote is in two days. You should have already voted, but if you haven't yet, your last opportunity is in two days. Actually, it's actually it's tomorrow. So get out there and do it. It's important. Hi, Owen. This is Eric. Um, I really enjoy your videos. You talk a lot about religion and politics and how they tend to intertwine, but I rarely ever see you or hear you talk about aliens, so I was wondering, like, what's your viewpoint on there? Do you believe that they exist or that they could possibly exist? And follow-up question, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard about the theory that we may have been guided by aliens, at least in our primitive years to create tools and discover fire and stuff. But yeah, I just wanted to get your uh, viewpoints on any of that. Uh, Thanks and keep the good work. Yeah, I appreciate that. I have heard some of those ideas, uh, hypotheses about being guided by aliens and all that. Yeah, I don't really buy it. I'm very confident that aliens absolutely do exist. 100% sure. 99.9% sure, I'd say. You can't be 100% sure about anything, right? But I am as sure that aliens exist as I, as I am sure about anything because the universe is so vast. It's so gigantic. We can't conceptualize how gigantic the universe is. That's how big it, it really is. It would be astounding to find that we were the only life. That would be so astoundingly incredible that it might be enough to push me to believe that we were created by a god. That's how absolutely mind-blowingly unrealistic those odds would be for us to have been the only living sentient beings in the universe. Like, that's absolutely nutty. So yeah, I am very, very sure there are aliens out there. Will we ever encounter them? That's another question. I. It's possible that we're spread so far apart between alien species, between us and others, that we will never have an opportunity to meet. I think that's actually pretty likely. It's also likely that they destroyed themselves before they had an opportunity to reach light speed or whatever, to reach out into the universe and meet others like us. One can dream. I would love to meet an alien species. I would love to have my ideas validated that they are, in fact, real, but I don't know that we ever will. Just cross our fingers and hope for the best. Although, for what it's worth, Stephen Hawking believed that meeting an alien species would end badly for humans. Either humans would destroy the alien species or the alien species would destroy humans. Not because they either of us have bad intentions. We may not necessarily. But just look at what happened every time we met a new tribe as humans. Look at what happened with Christopher Columbus. Look at what happened with the slaves moving them over to America and everything else. Uh, humans are just brutal and Stephen Hawking seemed to believe that other alien species would likely be brutal also and if they weren't brutal then we would be brutal so I don't know Uh, maybe it's best we never meet but I would love to know for sure the universe is billions of years old I definitely don't see how we could be the only life in the universe either if anything I think it's probably possible there are other forms of life that aren't carbon-based or even breathe oxygen 100% yeah I agree I would be surprised if 
that weren't the case because it is so vast. Like people don't realize how truly vast the universe is. It's very difficult to conceptualize. Impossible to conceptualize, in my opinion. I don't think it's possible for human brains to conceptualize just how big the universe itself is. Even the solar system is gigantic. Hell, even the Earth is gigantic. So anyway, yeah, pretty interesting. Next, we're going to talk about supposed prophet of God, Kat Kerr, and her weird obsession with pink hair. Even says you should paint your head pink if you're bald. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. Add some colored hair. If you don't have hair, then have it painted on your head. This is Kat Kerr. She claims to be a prophet of God and is obviously absolutely obsessed with pink hair. I don't know why. She claims God ordered her to dye her hair pink. All the way back in 2007, she got famous for claiming that God brings her to heaven on a regular basis and ordered her to tell everybody about her experiences. It's absolutely bizarre. People believed it, apparently. She is extremely influential in the Christian movement, in the evangelical movement specifically. She writes curriculums for Christian private schools and stuff like that. Big, famous televangelists turn to her for information about how to run their stuff, about what God is telling her, and the whole nine yards. But for our purposes, I am deeply entertained by the nutter buttery we get out of her, so let's give a couple clips a watch and see what she has to say for herself. This is from October 15th, 2022. Check this clip out. How many people just want to stay here, like, forever? Have you told God that? Have you told him you're okay if you don't die when you're 120 or 90 or whatever year they've got it up to right now? She thinks that people on average live to 120 or 90. I mean, I know that she lives in a fantasy land, but this is going above and beyond fantasy land in my, in my opinion. How does she not realize that the average age in the U.S. is like 78? Or something like that, first of all. And second, I thought Christians expected to go to heaven. I thought all Christians expected to go to heaven. I thought that there wasn't going to be like a, an earth that people lived on. I thought that was like a uniquely Jehovah's Witness belief and maybe a, a very small minority of other denominations. I thought generally Catholicism and mainline protestant groups believed everyone was going to heaven and that was going to be the end of it what is she talking about if you think that's weird just wait she gets even weirder keep listening he's keeping some he's keeping he told me I, he won't even discuss death with me am i to take that to mean that cat kerr believes that she's never going to die i'm not sure what she's getting at with that so I just talk about life. He did show me an incident in the future where many people had died. It wasn't like from a normal war or anything. You couldn't even tell that 
you know, that they were actually dead, but they were. Yeah, okay. I don't understand what that means, but all right. And I was being carried um, by a military, in a military jeep that was not in this country. Not that it would matter. <laughs> what was going to happen, it would be great anyway. Because I was going to raise those people from the dead. Oh, my God. Just think about... <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Just think about the imagery that she's painting for you right now, okay? She imagines in her mind, or she dreamed this, or God gave her this vision or something of her being basically in a position of a military commander, one of the most respected people alive, wearing military uniform and all, having a title like Commander Cat. You think I'm joking about this, but I am dead serious. She really believes that this is how she's going to be viewed in the near future. Matter of fact, she views herself that way now. Yeah, here's just one example of her wearing a military uniform, camouflage, pink camouflage apparently, with a patch that says Commander Cat on it, an insignia that looks like the Space Force insignia or something. Anyway... She thinks she's going to be a military commander in the near future because the militaries of the world are going to recognize that she has powers bestowed upon her by God himself, and God is going to order her to resurrect people, go around in military uniform and in military vehicles, going to battlefields, resurrecting people en masse. That's what she believes. That's crazy. That is absolutely unhinged, man. What? <laughs> I just love this to death, dude, because this is so bizarre, some of the stuff she believes. And she's not a nobody. She's not a nobody, which makes it that much stranger. People know who she is. People listen to her. They believe her. Right now, this is her on a televangelist's TV show addressing a crowd of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe, possibly even millions who will eventually see it. That's crazy, man. Mass raising from the dead is going to be normal in your life. That's a tall claim. It's going to be normal in your lifetime. That means in the next, say, 30 years, right? Because what I think she re meant was really in her life, it's going to be normal. I mean, she has to have survived long enough, right? What is she, 70? She's got to be like 70, right? So in the next 30 years, I can't imagine it be longer than that. She believes that in the next 30 years, she is going to be riding around. Governments have fallen. God has bestowed upon her the responsibility of resurrecting people en masse. That is unhinged stuff, dude. If that's not strange enough for you, check this out. She has some interesting ideas on theology, let's say. Just give this a listen. It isn't that hard to not sin. I live sin-free. You'd be surprised how many people want to argue about that. Yeah, that's actually pretty hard to believe, considering the fact that the Bible says that only Jesus was sin-free. From my understanding, the Bible says only Jesus could possibly be sin-free because he was the son of God or whatever other thing, right? This is a very tall claim and a serious claim. If you're a Christian, this should be enough right here to turn you away from evangelicalism. She is an evangelical hero. Evangelicals listen to her and believe her and she forms out the curriculums of private schools. Like I said, what she just said here 
is deeply unbiblical and blasphemous, which, by the way, is a sin. So, I live sin-free. You'd be surprised how many people want to argue about that. Well, why are you arguing? What's in your soul? <laughs> Who cares about your wallet? What's in your soul? See, I feel like she realized that she lost the crowd because there's complete silence after she said that she's sin-free, which is an extremely tall claim, especially to a Christian. So she had to say something that would bring them back, right? It, it, that's what it seems to me, right, at face value. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. That's just my interpretation. What's in your soul? <laughs> Who cares about your wallet? What's in your soul? If you had what's right in your soul, your wallet would be full already, people. And she lost him again. Wow. If you're poor, then you're not appreciated by God. You're doing something wrong if you're poor. That's what she just said. If your soul was full, then your wallet would be full. Is that what she said? If you had what's right in your soul, your wallet would be full already, people. Wow, dude, this just like it's unbiblical thing after unbiblical thing with this person. Seriously, like I don't buy any of this stuff anyways, but I feel like it's important to at least address it from a biblical perspective, right? Like how ridiculous is this for somebody to say and claim to be a Christian or a Bible reader? At no point in time ever did Jesus imply that it was important to have money, that he would bless you with money, that he would give you money if you loved God enough. At no point did he ever imply that money was important. He said, sell your things, give it to the poor, and follow me. That's what Jesus said. To hear her say something like this honestly just blows me away. And to know that people still listen to her and follow her, believe her, view her as a prophet of God, it's just astounding, seriously astounding. Yeah, she completely lost the crowd on that one. Like, complete dead silence from them after that. Be full already, people! Oh, hey, she got a couple of yeahs, apparently. Okay. Fair enough. She got a couple yeahs in there. Maybe there are some people who accept prosperity gospel and believe the things she says. But you know what? Let's talk about that I don't sin thing. Because I just kind of let that slip a minute ago. Let me show you a couple examples of Kat Kerr sinning. The Bible says something about not lying, right? Aren't there a couple things in there about not bearing false witness, about not falsely prophesying. What happens to somebody who pretends to be a prophet of God? They're put to death. How do you know they're not a prophet of God? Because what they say does not come to pass, right? That's what was specifically listed in Deuteronomy 18.20. Let's just listen to a, a give or take two-minute section of Kat Kerr bearing false witness and falsely prophesying. By the by, this is right before the 2020 election actually took place. I know the thought and intent of everything. I know every hidden act of wickedness and it will be exposed and Trump will sit in that White House for four more years. Remember, before the 2020 election actually took place and before we knew that Biden won. God has evidently told me he will win 
despite the, the crimes and the things that they're committing, trying to make it happen for Biden, people want somebody who know what they're doing and has hope for this country and Trump will win on November 3rd. Do you really believe President Trump is going to be reelected? If you're caught up, if you are caught up to the throne of God and he face to face tells you he is winning, there's no doubt whatsoever. He will win because that's God's plan. She claims to have been called up to heaven to sit next to God on his throne and God looks her in the face and says, Cat, I'm making Donald Trump the president of the United States again. He will win the election on November 3rd. I will make this happen. That's what she's saying. And here we sit years later and he's not. This was unequivocally a false prophecy. She bore false witness. She pretended to hear the voice of God when she did not. That seems like a sin to me. Now that we know that she sins, we know that she lies too because she said she doesn't sin. Just one more sin on her record. Plan. Trump is here to stay. And there you go. Trump 2020 campaign is on the way. And I want you to know that, yes, God himself did tell me to come and do this broadcast. Laugh at it, jeer at it, or celebrate it. It's going to happen. It was just false prediction after false... I'm sorry, not prediction. False prophecy after false prophecy after false prophecy with this person. She claimed to hear the voice of God and she lied. She has some weird obsession with her pink hair too, okay? So I watched this two-day event that she took part in. She was on this televangelist's TV show, Robin Bullock. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. He's... He is a nutter butter of epic proportions if I've ever seen one. I think that Kat Kerr may be a little bit more nutter buttery than him. But anyway, she goes on his TV show October 15th and 16th of 2022, right? Long past now, but it's still entertaining to take a look at. And she must have mentioned her pink hair like 16 times straight. Listen to what she had to say. This is from her October 15th appearance. Well, the pink hair is just a little bit too much. I don't think our people will like it. I'm like, your people come to my meetings all the time. Where have you been? I said, by the way, people like this pink hair. It is exciting. We should stand out. Get out of your closets. Get your crown on get your staff, and start changing things. It's interesting to me that somebody who is very much from a traditionalist slash conservative worldview or framework is so in favor of standing out and being different and having pink hair and all that other stuff. Why? She comes from a framework of traditionalism. That means she wants things to stay the same. She wants to revert it back to what it was. You know, the whole make America great again thing. When was it great? It's not great now. In their minds, it was great in the past, previously. That's the whole overarching idea of conservatism anyways, is that they want to go back to an earlier time. They want to go back to when things were different, when they were comfortable with the way things were, which, by the by, is a losing position anyways. 
because society changes and grows and builds and evolves. That's just what it is. If you want to take it backwards or keep it exactly the same as it was before, you're just you're just going to fail. That's just what it is. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, this is a weird thing to be obsessed with, having pink hair standing out like this. This is the antithesis of what her followers or the generation that she appeals to would usually want. Just kind of strange. Check this one out. This is from October 15th, just a few minutes later. And I tell you, God told me people will be chasing you down. Those who mocked you and made fun of you will be beating your door down to find out what you know about God and how to know him. Okay, I promise there will never come a time in my life that I will ever beat down Kat Kerr's door to find out what she knows and how to know God. I guarantee you that she will not be proven correct, but if she were, hypothetically, I wouldn't want anything to do with a monstrously evil interpretation of the God that she believes in, one that hates everybody for some stupid, ridiculous, intrinsic quality about who they are. Hates gay people, hates trans people, hates this, hates that. Hates this set of people for this arbitrary set of reasons. Hates immigrants for why, I mean, why would God hate immigrants? You got me. But he certainly does, in Kat Kerr's mind. I would never, ever worship the God that Kat Kerr purports to know. I don't care what set of events unfold. So I, I guarantee you that is simply untrue. Some of you will be beating your door down to find out what you know about God and how to know him. You won't be able to hide anymore. Maybe he'll give you pink hair. Again with the pink hair, why? You know, when Jesus comes to you face to face and said, you're going to have pink hair, they never asked me. They almost never, ever asked me anything. They just tell me. They ordered her to have pink hair. Wow. God himself or Jesus or whoever ordered Kat Kerr to have pink hair. What is it with her obsession with pink hair? Why? I swear she mentioned her pink hair and the fact that Jesus himself wanted her to have it like 16 different times throughout the course of this, I don't know, two-hour event that she did. What is her obsession with pink hair? Check this one out. October 16th. Uh, this is the next day. That one was uh, the 15th. You have to have a good report. Power in your tongue. Hope in your tongue. Joy in your tongue. People will actually want to listen to you. Add some colored hair. Again, with the pink hair, dude. Oh, my God. This is number three just in what I've shown you guys. This is like an hours-long event, and she mentioned it over and over and over and over again. God wanted me to have pink hair. I have pink hair. Did you know that I have pink hair? You can have pink hair, too. If you don't have hair, then have it painted on your head. Paint your head pink if you don't have hair. I don't know what her obsession is with pink hair, but it is weird. I promise you, you will draw a crowd. Because they'll think this has got to be the most fun person on this earth. I got to hear them. 
Yeah, that's her whole message is being fun, quote unquote. She wants people to know that heaven is fun and that God sent her back to earth to communicate how fun heaven is or whatever. I I do have to give her one thing. She's very consistent in her message, always has been. She's been talking about this at least since 2007. That's the earliest that I could find. It probably goes back even earlier than that, but I think that's roughly when she started getting some level of notoriety. Check this clip out. It's from 07. It's six minutes long. We can't watch the whole thing. I just want to give you an idea of it. This is Kat Kerr of Revealing Heaven, and I have to tell you about this revelation. Please. You know what? Heaven is the most fun place you'll ever live in your life. Did you ever think of that? Most people, and including the world, think heaven is going to be so boring. They don't even want to go there. Most believers actually say, what in the world am I going to do for eternity? What is it going to do up there besides bowing to God and maybe singing some songs with the choirs in heaven? See, that's what her whole thing was all about. Like I said, we can't watch that whole thing right now. Maybe I'll cover it later on. But the whole thing has always been since day one, making people think that heaven is fun. Well, guess what? Not everybody wants a fun heaven. I don't want to go out riding lava fields and playing with dinosaurs. I mean, I'm not making this up. Like, this is stuff that she says. I don't want to paint my head pink. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Most people, I would venture to guess, probably don't want to go do all the same stupid shit that she wants to do. What she's describing is her vision of how heaven is. That's not fun to me. You know what would be fun? Having a computer with a couple of monitors right in front of me. If I went to heaven, this is what I'd want. Having a computer with internet. Computer, stop. Oh my God. I can't say the word computer because I have a thing over there that, oh, I said it. Anyway, having one with monitors right in front of me and, and a couple of cameras right there and recording videos and editing them and uploading them. That would be my version of heaven right there. Not everyone wants to have fun. Like Kat Kerr seems to think, it's just the height of hubris to believe that everybody on planet Earth, that God would want you to tell everyone that your version of heaven is the best one. It's just weird, man. It's just weird. I see people in the chat asking about the whole lava thing. Let me show you what I'm talking about. This is actually a clip from early August 2021. I have all my clips organized so I know exactly when they're from. And she specifically mentions riding lava. I don't know why or what it means or why she would want to do that. But check this out. There is rain in heaven. There is absolutely nothing destructive. There's yeah. no there's no earthquakes. No, there are volcanoes, but they're for entertainment. They're for fun. You get to ride the lava out. Really? Yeah, you get to ride out on the lava. It's, it wouldn't <laughs> cause us that. It's not a physical volcano he took from the earth and put it up there. It would still be, it's a spiritual world, the land, the air, everything there is spiritual, but it is, um, it has substance. It's a literal volcano. Wait, it's spiritual, but it's not physical, but it has substance? What? But it wouldn't harm you. And yes, people can go inside and they ride the lava out for a ride. Talk about a hot seat, you know, you're... Wow, dude. Wow. Okay. Anyways, yeah, that's Kat Kerr for you. She's just an odd bird. What else can be said about her? She's an odd bird. There is one more clip I wanted to watch of her. This one was probably one of the stranger ones that I came across, and it's a little bit on the longer side, but 
it betrays a really fascinating, like, psychological feature to Cat Kerr. Just give it a listen. You'll, you'll see what I mean in a second. Again, this was October 16th, so it was the second day that she spent there. I'm a revelator. I am a prophet. No. Don't call me a prophetess. See, I find that really interesting, first of all. She doesn't want people to call her a prophetess specifically. That's what I've been calling her up to now. That's what other people have been calling her. I will stop calling her a prophetess if that that is not her preferred term. But why, I hear you asking, why doesn't she want to be called prophetess? Let, keep listening. When God passes out the mantle in the office, he doesn't say, well, you're a woman, you have to have a different title. In the spirit realm... And concerning spiritual things, there is no difference in power and authority in a woman than there is in a man. Now, that is interesting. First of all, unbiblical. The Bible most definitely says, what is it? First Timothy 2.12, I will not suffer a woman to teach, something like that. She must not have any authority over a man. She must be in subjugation to him, something like that, I think. Not something that I believe or accept or think is good in any way, shape, or form. I think men and women are equal. In fact, they are. They should be equal. They're not equal in society right now. But I find it so fascinating that she comes from such a conservative, traditionalist framework. And once again, just like the pink hair, is refusing to conform to that traditionalist framework. It's like she's got almost like a feminist streak through her to believe that men and women are equal in the eyes of God, despite the fact that the Bible specifically and explicitly says that is not the case. It is really interesting to me that she views it that way anyways, but as usual, she takes it one step too far. Keep listening. His daughters don't have less people. And in case you ever wondered, he made woman because man needed help. A man actually has so many, I don't know what they call them actually, because I'm not a real scientific person. Synapses, neurons, brain cells, I mean, any of that would probably work. But you have brain little channels and things that run all over in your head. Brain cells, synapses. Could she not, did she not know the word cell? She not come up with the word cell? Did she not research this subject before doing this sermon? Okay, go on. A woman has a thousand times more than a man does. Okay, no. Uh, that is simply inaccurate. Women's brains are not 1,000 times larger than men's brains. Women are not 1,000 times smarter. They do not have 1,000 times more brain cells or synapses or whatever in their heads than men. It started nice, okay? It started nice. Men and women are equals. Unbiblical, but nice. And then she just took it right off a cliff. Women are better than men. What an odd thing to say to a crowd that is so deeply misogynistic by default. This is just weird, dude. A man just knows I want something. I will go look and see if it Oh, yeah. So she says women's brains are bigger than men's or women are smarter, thousand times smarter than men, right? Let's listen to her justification for that tall claim. A woman has a thousand times more than a man does. A man just knows I want something. I will go look and see if it's there. Let's see if it's there. Nope, it's not there. Okay, 
she's saying men don't have higher reasoning capabilities or they don't have like logic centers or what? The woman comes up in the cabinet. She moves this one thing. There it is right there. Yeah, so anyway, Kat Kerr, I don't know. She's just, she doesn't seem like she'd fit into this world at all. She's almost kind of like a feminist a little bit. And also she screams about how fantastic pink hair is constantly. Two things that the audience shouldn't believe or be interested in or appreciate at all, right? Because the message is being delivered to such an extremely conservative group of people. But they seem to love her to death. She's filthy rich. She is well-known. She writes curriculums for private schools, Christian private schools. She's not a nobody. She has a significantly larger audience than I do, like by far. Orders of magnitude bigger than my audience. I just don't understand how she can lie and, I mean, obviously lie, certainly, right, about being a prophet. She can lie about not sinning. She can change biblical precedent or change like biblical doctrine or whatever she can misinterpret the bible non-stop she can scream about how great pink hair is and about how women are better than men and all that stuff and she still has an audience still just blows me away dude but i will be damned if it's not entertaining to sit here and listen to her go off about the strangest stuff let me know what you think about this and if you want to see more stuff like this in the comments Next, we're gonna talk about Mike Lindell's claims that he's got cameras watching all voting machines, so he'll be able to tell live when Democrats flip votes. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you wanna see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. This is Mike Lindell. I'm sure you guys probably know exactly who he is, but if you're not familiar, let me give you a little bit of a summary. He's an election denier, a multimillionaire owner of MyPillow. In fact, some people call him Mike Pillow or just Pillow for short. He is absolutely obsessed with Donald Trump and obsessed with the idea that Donald Trump really secretly won the election and there was a ton of fraud, which, of course, there wasn't, but he believes there was. Check this clip out. He's out here making the rounds on the media. This is actually on his TV show, The Lindell Report. Just give a little bit of context before we actually watch this clip. There was an election in Brazil recently. Bolsonaro is the current president, and he's kind of like the Brazilian Donald Trump. He was running against Lula. Lula da Silva, I think, is his name. Lula da Silva is not a far-right extremist, although I, I think people generally believe him to be kind of a questionable candidate, kind of like a Hillary Clinton, if you will. Not the biggest fan of him, generally speaking. Nobody really knew if Bolsonaro was going to try to run a, a coup against the state and stay in power despite losing the election. No one knew what was going to happen. Complete radio silence from Bolsonaro for 48 hours after the election. And finally, he came out and said he would cooperate with a peaceful transition. Now, knowing Bolsonaro, knowing the fact that he spent the previous, I don't know, six months leading up to the election 
instilling questions and, and phobias and fears and suspicions about the election and it, whether or not people are going to cheat in it and all that stuff, just like Donald Trump did. Knowing that he did that, I was sure that he was going to try to hold power whether he won or lost. I think the only reason Bolsonaro didn't attempt to hold power is because he found out that the people he needs to help him hold power were not willing to, like the military, for example, but who knows? Who knows for sure? Anyway, he says he's going to cooperate with a peaceful transition of power, but we have old Mike Lindell coming out here, doing what he does, and instilling skepticism and fears and questions in people about the election, as usual. Now he's focusing in on the Brazilian election, not just the American elections. Listen to this. Remember, we were watching the Brazil election. Our cyber guys were watching, and uh, they took that we know that we know of was 5.1 million votes. The election was won by Lula by such a slim margin. Oh my God! It was like one percent or two percent. Oh, it was so so close. Bolsonaro almost did win, and five million votes probably would have kicked it over to the edge to Bolsonaro, which is probably why Mike Lindell picked that number. I'm just wondering what he means when he says his cyber guys were watching the results and discovered five million votes going missing. Really? What does that mean exactly? I would love it if he could elaborate, get specific. How does he know five million votes were stolen? The fact is, he doesn't. He's making this up, as usual. This is Mike Lindell's M.O. This is what he's famous for, making shit up on a regular basis. Unfortunately, the things that he makes up are destructive to democracy, not just in America, but in Brazil too now. They're destructive to democracy, period. And it's honestly disgusting that he's out here saying the stuff that he's saying. But anyway, let's keep listening and see what else he had to say about this that we know of was 5.1 million votes and uh, th through the machines. Remember, everybody, over there, as Brandon looks for that, in Brazil, I'm friends with their uh, um, the, the president's son, Eduardo Barcenero. He's also a friend of the station. Um, he, his dad is uh, uh, the president there that day, and he, they tried to get paper put in where at least the machines would, would you hit a button and it would print out a paper copy so that you could do an audit. That got voted down by the corrupt judges. So the, the judges over there voted that down. A lot of the things that Mike Lindell says are completely made up. I don't know anything about the political system there, and I don't know if this is true or not. If Mike Lindell is saying it, I'm automatically skeptical. I don't know that Mike Lindell is telling the truth. Probably not, honestly. And if it is true, I'm sure that there are reasons for it. Aside from all of that, everything's got to be a conspiracy with this guy. Everything. Everyone is conspiring to work against Mike Lindell and the far right. I haven't seen a persecution complex this severe since Greg Locke, honestly. We don't want a paper trail. So they have peer machines, everybody. When I say peer machine, there's no paper. It's just a tap, boom, 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 boom. So whatever that tells you, whatever program's inside, here's who won. Ding, ding. Yeah, so Mike Lindell is also famous for coming up with all kinds of conspiracies about how the election results were weighted, like votes were counted for one candidate twice as much as the other candidate and all kinds of nonsense. 
Of course, Mike Lindell has to fabricate ridiculous nonsense conspiracy theories about Brazil. Any election he can get his hands on, he's going to come up with conspiracies about. It's honestly sad. Early November 2022, he comes out there on the Lindell Report, says this. Check it out. And I'm telling everyone out there, we are watching from every angle. We are, there's people in every state, every county, every precinct, Brandon. This one's about the American election. Remember, you, they might think you can't look and see what's going inside that black box. But we can now in real time through something called the Edison Report, everybody. Oh, really? Okay, interesting. So Mike Lindell has access to what's inside of voting machines. I would love to know how he does that. Is there some program that he's installed on voting machines so that he can get real-time results? Or is he just trying to get his audience excited and interested so that they'll watch his show and believe him when he makes ridiculous claims? We have cyber guys watching this. We, I looked at a thing today, it was on my, my Twitter back from November of 2020, and they showed CNN 20,000 votes dropping right off of Donald Trump's total in real time. That's completely made up. At no point in time were votes dropping off of Trump's total. At no point. But Mike Lindell, it, it's like a deep need in this guy, in his heart. He needs to make shit up about elections. I don't know what it is. His mom didn't let him vote enough as a child. I don't know. Something weird with this guy's emotional state when it comes to voting. You guys, votes don't go in reverse. These are No, they don't. It didn't happen. Computer manipulation algorithms. So what I'm telling you is this election, it's all eyes. We have all the camera angles. Now, why, now everyone would say, well, Mike, why are you telling the bad guys right now? Well, I'm telling them, Brandon, because the way I look at it. Okay, Brandon didn't ask. <laughs> okay, Let, lay it on me. Why are you telling us this? I'm telling them, Brandon, because the way I look at it, we're gonna. It's gonna be a win-win, because the ones where we can override the algorithms are gonna be there. They're gonna win, and then also the ones they don't. All of it. You were. We got it all under camera. Well, maybe this time around, the judges and the the left the left media and maybe even the right media, Fox News and Newsmax, will actually report if there's machines that are involved in this election to steal another election. I, I kind of have my doubts because they didn't report anything in the primaries. Well, here's the interesting thing about how all of this works. The reason they're not talking about it, Newsmax, Fox News, and the others, the reason they're not talking about, like, Dominion's, you know, flipping votes the way that Mike Lindell is claiming is because Dominion Voting Systems is suing them, suing, I think, Fox News, uh, I think Newsmax, but at the very least, Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell, suing them for a billion dollars. One billion dollars. That's a lot of money, dude. Here's what's going to be adjudicated in that court case whether or not Dominion Voting Systems actually flipped votes the way that Mike Lindell claimed. This is a defamation case. If Mike Lindell could prove that Dominion Systems are actually flipping votes that way, then he would be able to get out of this billion-dollar mess that he's found himself in. Dude's only worth $600 million, so they're taking the whole pillow company. Slippers and all, but... <laughs> But if he can actually prove anything that he's said, if he can substantiate a single thing, he's off the hook. That's why 
Fox News and Newsmax and OAN and all the others are not talking about Dominion voting systems, flipping votes and all that stuff because it's not true. And they know Dominion voting systems are willing to sue the shit out of anybody who claims something that isn't true. That's why they're not talking about it. Or anything in the primaries. When the primaries, do you think Fox News reported that nice Democrat lady and her husband that got zero votes in her own precinct? (laughs) I actually know about this. Let me tell you what happened. This is what Mike Lindell does. He takes a grain of truth and he blows it up into something brand new, okay? There was a Democrat who was running in a district and in one of the areas got zero votes, which made no sense. She should have gotten at least a few thousand votes because in every single other district, she got the votes. So they go through and they find that there was an error in the system. They fixed the error and found that she actually did receive like thousands of votes. So fix the error. They tabulated. They counted up all the votes. They did the hand count and all the other stuff. And it was all corrected. Boom. Just like that. No conspiracy. No secret thing that people set out to change votes and manipulate this thing or that thing or make her lose it was a democrat in the first place he's calling her a nice lady as if he has any respect for this person she was a democrat dude hates this person suddenly he's on her side because there was some weird voting error that everybody recognized immediately and was resolved immediately anyway yeah this dude is just this is what he does he comes up with these single points that he thinks are knockout punches and he blows it completely out of proportion this happened in georgia i think keep listening to what he says here her husband that got zero votes in her own precinct <laughs> do you think they reported that brandon no that's it was reported and it was fixed actually it was reported by ap news there was nothing like spectacular or crazy or special about the situation it was resolved immediately they reported that brandon <laughs> no do you think do you think Chris Ruddy and Newsmax reported the lady down in Georgia that got 4700 votes and she wasn't even on the ballot? No. That was the same exact situation. What is he even talking about? He's talking about the same exact situation. This all happened in Georgia. There's a single glitch in a single voting machine and it was fixed. They had the hand tallies, they had all the stuff they needed to figure all of this out and it was resolved. He's trying to take a single example of a single unintentional glitch, claim that it was all intentional, that it was all set up by the deep state, and that we have no way of knowing how many votes other people got or whatever, as if we didn't hand count pretty much every single vote that Donald Trump got and that Joe Biden got to guarantee that it was actually correct. The 2020 election was scrutinized into the ground because of people like Mike Lindell. If anybody ever had any questions, they could very easily request a hand count. Boom, just like that. And it has happened. There have been requests for hand counts. He's acting like it's some big conspiracy. It blows me away that people actually believe this guy. He goes up there to Sioux City, Iowa to talk to this guy, Brian. I forget his last name, but this guy on the right, the dude he's talking to right now, got a little secret for you guys. You know how Marjorie Taylor Greene is in the middle of a divorce right now? Here's some juicy gossip for you. Marjorie Taylor Greene's husband comes out and says their relationship is irreparably damaged and they're just, they have to be divorced. That's it. Marjorie Taylor Greene has not been seen separated from this guy for like weeks. They've been together constantly. They're always going everywhere together. This guy on the right here interviewing Mike Lindell. That's interesting, right? Is he a 
special friend of Marjorie's? Who could possibly stomach being with somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene? I certainly couldn't. Anyway, listen to what Mike Lindell said to this guy. Dude's name's Brian. Where will you be election night? I will be at, uh, in Tennessee at our studios for Frank's speech. Um, I will be there. I'm going to have my, we have two studios and I'm going to have the real crime, the real time crime desk with cyber guys. So you can tune in uh, to Lindell TV and watch. And we're going to, you want to see what's happening with your candidate or whatever, if it's getting stolen in real time. Well, this oh, right, right, right. Because Mike Lindell has that special stuff in every voting machine that allows him to see inside of that voting machine when votes are being flipped, right? Whatever it was, what was it? Edison report or some other nonsense? Right, okay. So he's got cyber guys, whoever that is and whatever that even means, who are sitting there watching vote tallies come in when people press the button on the screen as if what he's describing wouldn't be so deeply illegal if it were actually true. He's just trying to find some way to get people to tune into his election coverage, of course. Well, this is what's going to happen if they, I will say, when they try and steal, we're watching from every camera angle, and they're going to do it. And when they do it, we're going to, on the morning of the ninth, um, if ones that are counted, ones that aren't counted, everything's going to stand out. And if they don't, um, here's what we can pray for. We can pray for that the media covers the, the deviations and anomalies. And I'm talking to Fox News, Newsmax, and the conservative media. They better start reporting election crime. Period. Okay, awesome. Well, if there was any actual verifiable election crime, I'm sure they would. There hasn't been. But did you notice what he said there? Listen to this again. But if they, I will say, when they try and steal. Who is they? Are they in the room with us right now, Mike? <laughs> this dude is unhinged. Oh, my God. This is nuts. Where is this guy's head, dude? Seriously, this is crazy. Here is Marjorie Taylor Greene's special friend, if you know what I mean, again, speaking with Mike Lindell. And I'm not sure who this is on the left. I don't remember. These two people are a couple of reporters for RSBN that, that go around to every Trump rally and interview, like, Trump extremists all the time. Hang on. I have a bunch of clips of these two guys. I, I'm talking the, the, the dude on the right, Brian and the woman on the left. to have a bunch of clips of them. Yeah, 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 totally. These two right here. I didn't realize it was the same people. Oh my God, dude. These two people are absolutely nuts. I can't believe Marjorie Taylor Greene may or may not have a thing with this guy. We've said this before. I, I want to know where the left is gathering on a Sunday afternoon right. and, and having this many people show up. Uh, church, maybe? Do you ever consider that one? Church on a Sunday afternoon. Where's the left gathering on a Sunday afternoon? Church didn't click in his head, did it? They're not. They're, having, they're not. And they're having praise and worship music and the whole bit. They're not having that. It's not happening. <laughs> God, these people, dude. Anyway, Christina Bob is the anchor, also a Trump lawyer. Oh my God, thank you so much for mentioning. I didn't realize that was Christina Bob. And the other was Brian something. Well, anyway, yeah, that's fascinating. Had no idea. Christina Bob actually ducked out of being a lawyer, and I believe she got her own lawyer, from my understanding. Could be incorrect on that. But yeah, thanks for pointing that out. I didn't realize that was Christina Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene's special friend. Talk to uh, Mike Lindell here. Encourage everyone you know to vote the day of the election, not before. Very important, everybody. The media is all over there attacking me for telling you all that. If you get a mail-in vote or whatever, 
mail-in ballot, just bring it with you to make sure if they tell you, oh, you already voted, say, no, I didn't, and you go to your local sheriff. Sheriffs are going to bring, sheriffs and judges, I believe, are going to bring this country back. Like, as if a sheriff is going to give a shit about you bringing in a, an absentee ballot or, like, a mail-in ballot or whatever and, and telling them that you voted in person instead. Like, who cares? Who cares about any of this, first of all? And second, Mike Lindell is absolutely right. Sheriffs and judges, or more more broadly, local politicians, are what the whole system hinges on right now. We need to vote in local elections. I know people generally don't care about local elections it is so important that we vote in local elections national elections are significantly less important your vote is drowned out on on a like on a national stage by all of the other people local elections are where it's at you should be voting in every single local election go down to school boards and vote in the school boards go down to city council meetings vote in those speak at them Seriously, you got to get involved in this stuff. This is how you do it. You want to know how you reverse the tide and how you stop the ridiculousness from happening? Right here, this is it. Exactly what Lindell is describing here. Judges and sheriffs are going to take the country back. We need to prevent these people from putting in extremists in those positions. We need to vote in local elections. I just They just gave me a little badge, Brian. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm semi-official. <laughs> you are semi <laughs> No, he isn't. No, he isn't. You know, I, have you guys ever seen The Office? You, you remember when, um, if you've ever seen The Office, you'll recognize this. You remember when Michael was at, like, the christening of the baby, and he was, like, pretending to be a godfather. He's using the godfather voice. He's like, yeah, I'll give you an offer you can't refuse. And Pam kept saying, I'm sorry, I need you to say to me, say these words, you're not the godfather. He's like, yeah. I'm not the godfather. She's like, no, I need you to say it. I'm sorry. Say the words. You're not the godfather. It's like, I'm not the godfather. I feel like that's the situation we're in right now with Mike Lindell. I'm going to bring this country back. I just, they just gave me a little badge, Brian. I love it. I'm, I'm, se <laughs> I'm semi-official. <laughs> I need you to say the words to me, Mike. I, I'm sorry I have to do this. Say the words to me. You know you're not official, right? <laughs> This guy's ridiculous on so many levels, but oh my God, is it entertaining to sit here and watch him just wind himself up with the crazy conspiracy theories he comes up with. I'm just deeply entertained by this. Let me know what you think about this and if you want to see more stuff like this in the comments. Next, we're going to talk about what Eric Trump and Michael Flynn are up to right now. Apparently, they're running this QAnon tour called the Reawaken America Tour together. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. And that, that's what everyone's become. Little cockadoos staring at the screen. <laughs> facts and figures, facts and figures. Oh, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci. This is Jim Brewer. A lot of people probably remember this back from, I think, December or January 2022, maybe. 
He was at a tour called the Reawaken America Tour. Now, the Reawaken America Tour is a full-blown QAnon extremist tour that's been going around the country, getting speakers like Eric Trump and Michael Flynn, Jim Brewer, famous people, really famous people, getting them up there to spout all kinds of anti-vax nonsense and far-right extremism and voter fraud conspiracy theories, the whole nine yards. It is an absolutely nutty thing to watch, but it is super fascinating to listen to what some of these people say. I did a whole video about this whole Jim Brewer bit, and he actually responded to my video about him fascinatingly. Uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of a back and forth between myself and Jim, but that's neither here nor there. Let me give you another example of somebody that they platformed here at the Reawaken America Tour. This guy's name is Scott McKay goes by the Patriot Street Fighter, late March 2022, when this one came out. You are now in this war. That's why you're here. Are you going to answer Christ's call? Are you going to be part of the ascending Christ consciousness on this planet so we bury this satanic architecture which has infiltrated every aspect of society? Okay, that, that's a lot of words, and most of them meant absolutely nothing. Christ consciousness, uh, what were some of the others he said? On this planet, so we bury this satanic architecture. Sa satanic architecture, what does that even mean? Which has infiltrated every aspect of society. The Kazarian Mafia has- Kazarian what? what? What is he talking about? He's a full-blown QAnoner. So a lot of the stuff that he's saying right now is just QAnon dog whistles. Mafia has been killing you. They're now killing you in hospitals. They're killing you in the streets. They launched Antifa and BLM. That's when I blew the gasket. That's, That's when you blew a gasket? Okay. That's when I said, okay, no governor, no president, no state legislature is going to say it. Then I'm going to say it. I'm going to come out and I'm going to rain this shit storm down on all these scumbags until they are dead. That's disturbing rhetoric obviously that is disturbing no matter who it's coming from whether it was from the left or the right or the anybody it doesn't matter saying things like that is deeply disturbing and needs to be criticized that is the kind of language that you find at the reawaken america tour that's what it's all about now it was originally created by a guy named clay clark who is Trust me, just as nutty as all the rest of them. Just just as far out there. But it's largely been, I don't know, maybe not taken over, but the figureheads have recently become Eric Trump and Michael Flynn. They've been heavily influencing the conference, and they've been going around to most of them, if not all of them, lately. I just wanted to get a little snapshot of what they've been talking about there. Check out what Eric Trump had to say here, late October 2022, at the Reawaken America tour. My father finally got a subpoena from the January 6th committee. Did anybody see this? This hoax committee, and I'm telling you, I told him a minute ago, I go, you have to go testify. You know what, because it'll be the greatest entertainment. Who wants to pop a beer, make some popcorn, and watch Donald Trump talk about election fraud in the United States of America. Okay, fantastic, if that's what you want to do, except that's not actually what would happen. If you're watching this five years in the future, Donald Trump attempted a coup against the U.S. government on January 6th. 
attempted to hold power as the president, despite the fact that he was voted out legally and rightfully on January 6th, right? And the January 6th committee in Congress was created to determine what his wrongdoing was, what his level of wrongdoing was, and who else was involved. And they subpoenaed Donald Trump to come in and testify recently. I think he has to testify on November 14th or something like that. This was in early November, so the testimony had not happened yet. Here's where he's making a mistake. He thinks Donald Trump is going to be given free reign to walk into the January 6th committee and sit down with cameras pointed at him and just talk for as long as he wants. He thinks that Donald Trump is going to be allowed to sit in front of the audience, the the primetime audience, and just talk to them the entire time. Of course not. This poor fool has no idea how this works. Trump was subpoenaed. If he doesn't show up, he's going to be arrested for contempt of Congress and put in prison. Okay, this happened to Steve Bannon. He was charged and sentenced to, I think, six months in jail or something like that for not cooperating. So Donald Trump will show up to testify in front of Congress. He will. And they will not air every second of it. Almost certainly not. I can't imagine them doing something that stupid. They choose what they show to the public and what they don't. So I'm pretty excited to see the testimony personally. I would love to see what Donald Trump had to say to the January 6th committee. My guess, if I just had to throw a guess out there, it would be I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth for about five hours. That'd be my guess, but we'll see what happens. This guy has no idea how it works. Or does he know how it works and just expects this audience not to? And so we're going to call him quickly. Does that make sense? You're going to call Trump. Not for nothing, but I know you probably can't make this out. I saw, I only know this because I saw it from a different shot from a different video. But in his phone, his dad's name is in his phone as dad, parentheses, POTUS. Dude, is he going to answer or not? So, dad... You have an amazing crowd. I'm here in Pennsylvania. Well, I think it's great. And I hope my wonderful son is treating everybody fantastically. He works so hard. He's such a great guy. And we love you all. And we'll be back doing things that we're going to bring this country back because our country's never been in such bad shape as it is now. Dude, this guy just lives in a fantasy land 24-7. I mean, I'm talking Donald Trump Sr. Fantasy land shit, man. Aside from that, just here's a, an interesting little side note for you. I, I was doing a little bit of research. Apparently, there's a documentary crew that followed the Trumps around for the last, I don't know, four weeks that they were in office or something like that, or the last four weeks Trump was in office. And uh, they didn't ask me anything on reddit and somebody asked like what's one surprising thing about the family that you know you wouldn't expect to find and the guy's answer was eric trump this guy right here on screen eric trump is scared shitless of his brother don jr why i wonder that's weird right they're both grown adults in their 40s or their 50s aren't they married children of their own this dude is 
scared to death of his brother. That is weird, right? Anyway, that wasn't the only weird thing that happened at this recent event. Again, early November 2022. Listen to what else Eric had to say. It's unthinkable. It's unthinkable what these people are doing to this nation. What people? Who? Who are we talking about? This is called weasel words. This is referring to some ambiguous group, some secret authority out there who's doing something that you can't really specify who it is or what it is they're doing or whatever. You find this sometimes when people are trying to turn themselves into victims. And that's exactly what this guy is doing right now. Let's hear those weasel words again. It's unthinkable. It's unthinkable what these people are doing to this nation. The way they want to destroy Christianity, the way they want to destroy our families, the way they're destroying our children, the way they're destroying our history, the way they're rewriting our textbooks. Guys, this is a cognizant war in this country. And I. A what war? Cognizant war in the. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. A cognizant war? Guys, this is a cognizant war. Okay. Am I going crazy? What does this mean exactly? Okay. Cognizant. Having knowledge or being aware of, statesmen must be cognizant of the political boundaries within which they work. This is a cognizant war. Our children, the way they're destroying our history, the way they're rewriting our textbooks. Guys, this is a cognizant war in this country, and I, I don't say that lightly. I'm I don't know what, what he means by cognizant war. This is a war of knowledge? This is a war they know about? I, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't say that lightly. I'm not like the tinfoil hat-wearing guy. Yes, he but is. But if anybody thinks that they're not weaponizing every single one of these systems, there's only one party that's weaponizing the systems. And they're doing it for their own benefit. Every really? Only one party is weaponizing the system. And he's saying this with a straight face. Every single time. I mean... This is absolutely unhinged stuff, dude. They seriously, they live in a different reality. They they interpret things completely differently. I don't understand how they got to where they are. In Eric's case, he's probably intentionally twisting things around. I don't know if he really buys this or not personally. I don't know about that. But the people in the audience, certainly, and at least some of the speakers at this event are completely gone, just gone. Their heads are so wrapped up in this conspiracy, there's nothing left of their personality anymore. It's honestly sad. Michael Flynn is one of the people who I believe is doing things very intentionally and specifically knows exactly what he's doing. He is a far-right extremist who was once a, I think, a four-star general in the U.S. military, like... Holy shit, dude. He's extremely high up in the in the on the ladder. He was the national security advisor for a while. He knows what he's doing. You can't convince me he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. And he is a central figure at this conference, Reawaken America. This is from mid-September 2022. He's standing next to somebody named Stella Emanuel. She is a vaccine conspiracy theorist who's been repeating a lot of the same stuff that, like, Sherry Tenpenny has been repeating. She's one of the, the main people that's repeating all of the anti-vax nonsense, or, or even came up with some of it in the beginning. In fact, she was retweeted by Trump originally, a video that she was in, about hydroxychloroquine and, you know, ivermectin and all that other garbage. So that's the caliber of person we're dealing with here. Listen to what old Michael Flynn here had to say next to Stella Emanuel. I'm seeing all these people with... You know, T-shirts that say Jesus is king or 
Some people have crosses. I can see a bunch of people with crosses on their T-shirts. They fear. They fear us. They fear this. Who is they? Once again, who is they? This is an us versus them mentality, demonizing anybody who does not perfectly align with you ideologically. You know who they really is? It could mean a number of things. First and foremost, it's usually used to refer to the Jews. But if, if they're specifically not referring to the Jews, then it's anybody to the left of hunting the homeless for sport, generally, which would be... Anybody watching this video right now, probably. These people at the Reawaken America Tour are the furthest right of the furthest right. It doesn't get more extreme than these people, pretty much. So that's who they're talking about, generally. They fear us. They fear this Make America Great Again. They fear, that, they fear those that say America first. They fear God Almighty. Well, I fear all the others except God Almighty. Most definitely, I do fear them because they're domestic terrorists. Absolutely. And, and when we make noise, we got to make that, that's, it comes from your spiritual gut. And we want people around this country to know that we are not giving up. We're not, God chose us, we chose God. This country is going to be just fine. But we have. Wait, what did he just say? Let me step back, listen again. Hang on. We're not giving up. We're not, God chose us, we chose God. Okay, God chose us, we chose God, all right? It, is this guy wearing a shirt with his name on it? Just General Flynn, as if somebody needed it to identify. Oh, hey, you're, you're General Flynn. I know because your shirt says General Flynn. Okay, awesome. Hey, General Flynn. <laughs> Why wear a shirt that says General Flynn? That'd be like me wearing a shirt that says Owen Morgan. That would be stupid. <laughs> this country is going to be just fine, but we have got to get involved. When Stella's up here, I mean, she is just sharing. Okay, God. That's not where the crazy ends with old Michael Flynn, though. Mid-November 2021. This is from before. Another example of him at the Reawaken America tour. This guy just goes right off the rails with stuff. Check this out. And, he's and they're talking about the United States of America. Talking about the United States of America, because when Matthew mentioned it in the Bible... He wasn't talking about the physical ground that he was on. He was talking about something in the distance. So if we are going to have one nation under God, which we must, we have to have one religion, one, one, one nation under God and one religion under God, right? All of us together, working together. I don't yeah, that is pure, unadulterated Christian nationalism and extremism. This guy and... Pretty much every organizer at the Reawaken America tour and just about every audience member have a vested interest in making the U.S. into a Christian extremist dictatorship. The people in this room have expressed an interest in installing Trump as a dictator and forcing America to be a Christian state. Deeply disturbing stuff and they are out there as recently as a week ago holding these events in Pennsylvania, all across the country. Absolutely something else. And the ideas they espouse are bizarre. But let me know what you think about this. Let me know if I should cover more of this in the comments. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. 
If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, there's Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and coffee cups and stuff on there. You can also check out my other channels. I have a Telltale Unfiltered YouTube channel where I go through long-form videos like Kent Hovind's Seminar Series, Jehovah's Witnesses TV Show, and Televangelists Prophesying About Politics. And finally, you can check out my social media. If you have a question for me, the best way to ask it is to tweet it at me. I'm on there all the time, so check it out. All links are in the description as always. Anyways, that's all I've got for you. Thanks for listening.